Welcome to What's Behind the Silence, the truth no one wants to talk about. Featuring Stacy Cutright and Stephanie Dimmel as your hosts. Hello, lovely humans, and welcome to our show, What's Behind the Silence, the truth no one wants to talk about. I'm Steph Dimmel, and joining me is my fabulous co-host, Stacy Cutright. We are professional certified coaches, and we both specialize in neuro neurolinguistic programming as practitioners, which put, it really puts focus on the way our thoughts, feelings, and emotions affect our behaviors, and really more importantly, impact those outcomes. And my focus is to help you build better relationships with yourself, others, and community. And Stacy focuses on the breakthrough recovery, and more importantly, establishing those healthy um, productive relationships with yourself and others that might share your life with you. Good morning, Stacy. Good morning. How are you? Good. Awesome. Awesome. You know, friends, please be sure to, to follow us on Facebook. Um, my, my business page for Facebook is Youth Thrive Coaching and Stephanie's is at Stephanie D Coaching and on Instagram uh, please follow me at underscore youth thrive coaching and Stephanie is at Stephanie D coaching again. And, you know, friends, we want to, we want to help you through the roller coaster of life. We want to assist you and, and lock arms with you. And, you know, during this, these podcasts, you know, not only do we want to share our personal stories, However, we want to share the struggles of other individuals that we've, you know, that we're working with and how we're seeing success with, with them and, you know, in changing the perspectives that they had on life and ultimately, you know, achieving the ability to live the life we deserve. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I want to share just a quick story, just as we dive head first into this, you know. I had someone I was working with that carried a belief for 40 years. And that one belief dictated everything that every decision that was made in her life. So today we're going to talk about beliefs that you've held on to or beliefs that we've held on to that have really dictated the outcomes of our lives and how to change that so you can move forward to a happier, healthier more productive life. So let's get into this, Stacy. Sounds good. You know, I, 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 the first thing I want to talk about is why is it so important to understand what our self-beliefs are? And are they healthy for us serving, us, serving us positively? Or are they negative false beliefs that, you know, we, we need to work to, to overcome? You know, because the self, when we have self doubt, you know, it, it hits our, um, our confidence level, you know, how we take action, it, it instills fear, also doubts, oftentimes in our negative self beliefs, we self sabotage. And um, so, you know, I, I just want to touch on why it is so important for us to have an authentic, true belief system. Yeah, so true. You know, they, self-beliefs also, you know, they influence the goals that we might have. 
or the strategies that that we might use to to accomplish different goals you know um as far as our behaviors you know are are we reactive are we fear are we flight you know our fight or are we flight you know are we emotionally reactive um you know are are some things and i think in our in our self beliefs it's all it's imperative for us to identify what is our passion and purpose in life what are our interests what are our our true authentic again characteristics that you know positive characteristics that are blessings and gifts to others mm-hmm. yeah and i want our audience to understand you know our beliefs come from our childhood most of them not all of them but that's where they start right with our family our friends maybe the religion that we grew up with maybe uh, community that we grew up with but these experiences experiences and the people that we were around growing up were what really established our beliefs so if you were someone that was constantly in negative experiences and you were someone that was constantly being told that you weren't good enough or you weren't worthy enough or that you were stupid or that you weren't book smart or whatever you're going to carry that belief with you unless you break state that belief and you change it and challenge it and find real evidence or change and find different evidence that's going to you know push that belief off to the side farther where you can't ever hold on to that belief again so you know what we what we experience over our life and as we grow up then we encounter new people and we establish new beliefs and you know you might wonder why you might be at odds with somebody that's within your family member that is a family member it's probably because they had a different belief event that happened that caused them to think a different way than you and you question yourself well i was raised with these people how am i so different it's because all those experiences help dictate some of those beliefs that we adopt as people you know and oftentimes you know if our parents have negative false beliefs of themselves what internally they will do is and i and i don't believe it's intentional but they'll project those onto their children because the 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 discontent that they feel inside just spews out mm-hmm. and you know if i may share like a a personal um story about that is you know i i've made no secret you know my my mother is a covert narcissist and she did not have i i we've never talked about you know how she believes in herself but i will say her beliefs that she had instilled in me that i took on her dialogue i ended up taking on and when we became estranged her vo- her voice or dialogue became mine because that was what i was used to mm-hmm. and you know you had talked about the not feeling good enough not being accepted i remember when i wanted to go into real estate 20 years ago and i was really excited about it you know i came out of the optical field um my father was was a was an um optometrist or is an optometrist and i and i ran his practice and 
you know, I had just had my second son and, you know, I thought I had the illusion that I'd have more time and I would be able to create my own schedule as a realtor. Well, that was a laughing joke. Um, <laughs> you know, at first it was, it was my schedule, but after, you know, I, you know, uh, was able to retain many clients, then, you know, that no longer was, was, uh, feasible. And, I remember saying to my mother that I wanted to become a realtor. And she said, you'll never make any money at that. Hmm. And I will tell you, I, I decided to face that and rise and say, oh, I'll show you. And so in six, my first six months in um, at Keller Williams, I received the award of rookie of the year for most sales. Mm -hmm. Bravo. And, you know, there was a, a crosswinds development that they were putting a condo unit in, in my hometown. And I ended up becoming their top sales agent from the, from the outside, you know, their top realtor. And, you know, so even though I have factual data to say you know, that I was able to say, uh, really, that I, I was good enough, that I am good enough. Through the years, that dialogue, you know, Stacy beats to a different drum. Well, that led to, I wasn't normal. Mm -hmm. Something was wrong with me. You know, when we look at uh, externally, okay, I had put on some weight. And, you know, weight has been a real issue. My brother struggles with that too. And it's not that he is heavy at all. He looks very handsome. However, you know, if it was, um, and, you know, we are just talking about tone. If it was, you know, we had lost a little bit of weight. It was like, oh, did you lose weight? <laughs> However, if we put on a few pounds, it was, did you gain some weight? Uh-huh, tone. Okay. And so, you know, my, my brother was sharing with me, um, I believe it was like last summer, or maybe it was the summer before, and he was crying. And he said, Stacey, it was almost like a rebirth. I was able to go into Crystal Lake without my shirt on. Now, here is a man that I will tell you, he is not fat. He is handsome. He should be able to take off his shirt anywhere. And he felt so free. He felt like it was like a baptism to him because he had that fear. Wow. Are people going to think that I am this fat person? And, you know, him and I have shared stories. And, um, you know, so I know that, you know, now in, in the recovery journey that I've taken over the last couple of years is that those beliefs were not mine yeah. because those beliefs were put onto several children in our family by my mother and, you know, be, it, it, it creates so much havoc you know, our self-confidence, our self-worth, you know, the successes, 
you know, decide, you know, where we can, um, where we limit self-sabotage ourselves, you know, whether it's going for a promotion, okay, whether it's going, you know, running a race and deciding we're not going to do it. You know, I had a client here this week and it made me sad. He was in his mid sixties and he said that, you know, I've never talked to somebody professional before. And when he left, it was like seeing this refresh, like gentlemen. And one of the things he had said is that he looks at how the message that he received from his father, not good enough. You won't be successful. Da, 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 okay. All those negative narratives, which led him to addiction, led him to um, kind of being like a gypsy on the road for 10 years. Um, and, you know, he's looking at some of his decisions, which ended up in legal. And it was because he thought, well, if I'm this bad person, I might as well be bad. And, you know, for him to have this aha moment and, and he called in off of, off of a podcast of who am I and called in, you know, basically said, you know, oh my God, Stacy, I feel like you were sharing my story or how I felt. And, you know, I know for, for myself and I know for stuff, cause we talked about it, we got excited about that moment. You know, because here's somebody that finally got into a feeling of um, being able to identify, no, that was not me. Because that's where the power struggle comes in. Mm -hmm. Our internal saying, no, that's not me. I'm a good person. However, the external that's placed on us is, is limiting our beliefs. And so it becomes a very big power struggle. And it depends on who has the stronger um, ability to influence our, our, our mindset. Yeah. You know, just the power in being able to take that first step to talk to somebody that understands and that gives you that space to talk and it's a judgment-free zone. The power in that can just change your life and change your perspective. You know, one hour of coaching can do such wondrous things because it's really just about helping you understand what's going on inside of you and what has helped, you know, what has really caused you to make the decisions that you've made and, you know, affected the behaviors that you've chose to use or do over the years because of all those driving beliefs. So I think that's so powerful that you were able to help this gentleman. And that's what we're here for. And I, I think that's important. And I, know, have, I, I have a, a story, um, a personal story that I want to share if, if we have time. Okay. Yeah, sure. So this one, you know, I, I don't think I've ever talked about this story out loud and, you know, my, you know, like you, you know, life is a journey and life is all about growth. And what I have figured out from all the, the pain that I've gone through, you know, with just coming out, you know, 
it was, you know, uh, uh, some, some people LGBT might resonate with this. And, you know, when you get kicked out, you know, you're, you were a successful kid, you know, you had so many things going for you. And then this one thing just derails everything about your life because all of a sudden everything doesn't matter anymore about your life other than this one thing. Oh my God, you're gay. Oh my God. Like it just, it derailed so much in my family. And, you know, thinking back, a lot of it was, you know, probably my own beliefs of the situation and not really talking to somebody about it and getting my emotions under control. But I, I established this belief about myself in my 20s when, you know, it was come home and get your stuff. We're going to burn it down. We're going to burn it all. Or it was the letter hearing that they'd rather hear I was killed in a car accident. Or it was the, you know, I'm not, I'm not a good person now because of all this. And so that made me establish some beliefs about myself that really impacted me over the years and some of the decisions that I made. And the underlying belief that I grabbed onto was that if my family can't love me, then who can? Because I remember thinking back so many times about unconditional love. And I just coming from a Catholic family, being raised around family and community all my life, it was really hard for me to imagine that no one could love me unconditionally at that moment. And so I created a lot of beliefs about myself that were very harmful, that caused me to think harmful thoughts, that caused me to um, do harmful things to myself. And where it really impacted me was that I started, instead of creating boundaries with people, I no longer set boundaries. I didn't have, I didn't pick people that, you know, were in line with my values, my beliefs. I allowed people to treat me like shit. Um, people cheated on me. People took advantage of me. And I allowed that because to me, I let down all of my personal boundaries and just to have people in my life that might love me, might, might just be there around me, whereas they weren't always good for me. However, I settled and I thought, well, I just need a lot of people in my life to fulfill this feeling of rejection and this feeling of failure, failure to my family you know, and not being able to be loved in my, in my head. Right. And so it created all these bad, harmful things about me. And I remember telling myself, you know, why would anybody love me? I'm not good enough. I'm damaged. I'm flawed. And, you know, I'm an outcast. And I, I remember um, black sheep always came in my head always. And so when I was telling myself these things over and over, what I was doing was creating all of these personal insecurities and it made me react to people differently. It may certainly made me react to my family in a very negative way. And I couldn't, I couldn't have conversations, serious conversations. I would jet to a million emotions anytime, just anything was triggering me. 
and these insecurities really always left me feeling lonely and sad. And I remember crying in my pillow all the time, punching my pillow. And, you know, it was really, really pivotal point in my, in my life because I had all these beliefs and all of a sudden those beliefs that I had all my childhood and stuff didn't really resonate anymore. It was the feeling of, wow, I, I, I can't be loved. And so it made me create all these, I call fear, false evidence appear that appears real. And so I created- Ooh, I like that. Things. I like that. I like to write that down. Yeah. I, I created all this false evidence in my head that wasn't real because one event had changed my life and the perspective of myself and the others around me. So it wasn't until Carissa, I met Carissa that she started challenging some of my beliefs that I had about myself. And that's what's so important because we get so sucked in to our own beliefs that we can make our beliefs seem so real. It's not until we talk to somebody or somebody takes interest that starts challenging those beliefs to make them, to make you really examine those beliefs. Because I think it's important to examine beliefs. And it's not until you examine those beliefs to, to find evidence that is that really real or am I making that up? And I had so many harmful beliefs that I really held on to that I don't hold on to anymore. And I tell you, my relationships are so much better. My family relationships are wonderful. There's been forgiveness. There's been conversation. And so you don't have to stay in those harmful beliefs about yourself. You can do something about it. And we're going to talk about that. So, and, and Stacy, um, you know, we do have a question from the audience, but I'll, okay. I'll turn it back over to you and, and then we can get to that question. Okay. You know, there's a lot that resonated in, and I want to say, you know, thank you for being willing to be vulnerable and share your experience with us. And, you know, my heart really hurts for, you know, some of the, some of the ways that, you know, things were handled. And, um, you know, and I'm glad that you've been able to find, you know, forgiveness and communication with your family, you know, that that's beautiful. You know, I, um, you know, I, I, I guess in just closing statement for myself is once I was able to identify who I was authentically, it offered me so much freedom. It offered me joy. Um, you know, to, to just be able to identify, you know, you and I talked about, I said to my husband, I could understand truly what someone that was wanting to come out such as yourself could feel like, because that's how I felt when I started to identify what I felt I was, my beliefs, my authentic beliefs. It was so freeing. It was like, oh my gosh, I felt like I came out of the closet. And, you know, so I encourage, I encourage our listeners, you know, if, if any of this resonates with you and you feel that, um, you know, you have some false narratives, false beliefs, you know, check in with those. What, what, what reality, what facts do you have to back that up? Is it just facts of someone, something, somebody else has put in 
you know, instilled into you? Or do you have true data that shows over and over that to be true? And, you know, I just, the other thing I want to touch on is unconditional love. You know, I was always told our family was built on unconditional love. Well, let me tell you, that was a false. That was a huge false. So, you know, again, because I didn't fully feel loved, that unconditional love didn't feel good to me. You know, when I met my husband, he offers me unconditional love, even in times that I have hurt him. He mm -hmm. keeps showing up. And what that has done with my negative self-belief that I'm, I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough, I sabotaged from being able to um, engage in or receive the love that he was really, the beautiful love he was really capable and willing to give to me. And during that, I would always feel like he doesn't love me. When is he going to leave me? the fear of abandonment. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I remember the, the exact moment, you know, I loved my husband. We've been to, you know, we'll be married 24 years this year. And my husband just had, went through prostate, sir, uh, prostate cancer. And I remember when he was having his biopsy, you know, I'm sitting in the, in the waiting room for him at the U of M and I became in tears because I, for the first time, I had a fear of losing him, hmm. a, a reality that, you know what, I was, I had put up a wall for all those years of not allowing myself to truly let down the floodgates and be in love with him, hmm. not afraid that he was going to leave me. And it was such a beautiful moment. And when it came out of came out of the biopsy, I shared that with him. I shared that, you know, I feel so awesome to be able to come to this other side. I feel like a teenager, like I'm smitten for you. And so where that creates, you know, our false narratives or how, how we are treated, that impacts our whole relationships, not only with others, but with ourselves. A thousand percent. Our, 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 you know, it, 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 it made me, it made, it's so sad. But however, it makes me angry mm. that I missed out on so much beautiful stuff because I was stuck in negative self beliefs that were put on me. And of course I would feel that way. Of course I would. So I know that we're we're running out of time here. So can we can we answer that question for for the listener? Uh, we can. Let's okay. let's let's do it. So Robert from Ohio says, you know, I identify that my beliefs are negative. So how do I change that? Well, you know what? <laughs> if I may, do you yeah, mind if I take this one over? You know, I I feel that there are eight ways to develop our, our self-beliefs. And no, one is identifying who we want to be. And, you know, when there's self-doubt or self-pity, not letting that eat into us, but also saying, you know, if I could envision what, who I really am, who that, who would that be? 
I think it's also important for us to affirm ourselves. When we have positive thoughts about ourselves, reaffirm those. You know, I, I talk about the celebrating the go me moments. You know, another one is facing our fears. Facing our fears. And, you know, that inner critic, that, you know, judgment, doubt, you know, addressing that, you know, offer ourselves some compassion and love through it and not hold on shame or guilt that we have it, you know, be prepared to win. And that's kind of like this, this, like I talked about the, the go me and, you know, what would your life look like when you do have that confidence and you do speak positive as well as, you know what, encourage others, you know, by sharing your strength and hope and, and success with others, man, locking arms and like I talk about community and unity. Let me tell you, it makes you sore. Self-care. Self-care is so important. So important. And here, you know, here's the last one that I, that I you know, use, uh, Robert, is to, unfortunately, we have to cut off some of those negative acquaintances that we have that have also continued to fall, uh, you know, fuel that false belief. And, you know, that can be painful. Yeah. And so those would be, you know, my recommendations of encouraging you to look at. And um, they've, they've proven, you know, like I say to people, you know, some suggestions that I've had that have worked for me in great detail, you know, great measures, you know, take what you want and leave the rest. Yeah. You know, you are you and I'm me. And, you know, there's not a one size fits all. So um, that's about all I have to say. You know, I hate to cut this short stuff. Um, I got to run. I got a client coming in. Um, I know that you're being, you're, you're heading to a travel for, for your nephew's, uh, um, meet and I want to wish him all the luck and uh, you know the excitement that you get to you have the opportunity to be gifted to to watch your nephew and encourage him on I'm excited yeah and you know real quick uh, you know Jace shout out to you my friend I, I love you I'm so proud of you you know he set a goal in April of 2020 to make it to state wrestling and he got first place in district so i'm traveling home to missouri to watch him this week this weekend and i'm so excited for him just the feeling of that you know to, ooh, just to have a state qualifier is pretty exciting but i also want to leave robert and everyone else and all, all of our friends here you know when it comes to beliefs don't jump on the shame the shame train stay off the shame train and just because just because someone says it's true doesn't make it true and don't forget no one can make you feel inferior unless you let them and don't forget to follow us you can find all the descriptions down below in the in the podcast description and we'd love for you to reach out and send us a question and stacy good luck this today and well, have a beautiful day wait you know what today is what i'm going to create today is willingness choose to make a change choose to make a step in the right direction Smile and be kind, friends. And do better, be better, and treat people better.
See you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to What's Behind the Silence, the truth no one wants to talk about with Stacey Cutright and Stephanie Dimmel.